0: In the second half of a two-part series with Dr. Craig Dowden, where Kavis and I explore a whole range of issues and topics of leadership from his book, A Time to Lead to Do Good to Lead Well, Dr. Craig Dowden. And
1: you're in two uh, amazing organizations. Well,
0: I, you know, again, I'm glad that you were able to um, simplify it for somebody like me. <laughs> the one, the only one and only advantage I have over Cavis is I'm just better looking, <laughs> but uh, he's, he's smarter. <laughs> but, but I got it. It takes a lot of lotion, especially in this dry climate, and and you know, just to preserve this good beauty of mine. So uh, outside of that, that's the only thing I've got on uh, on Cavis, and. Um, you know, one of the areas that Cavis and I and and maybe Cavis, you want to dive into this a little bit yourself is in the area of authentic leadership. I mean, it's it's the I think it's the last I think it's the last um, master area that you talk about in your in your recent book is the authentic leader. And you know, when Kavis and I've had a couple of podcasts where we got into this authenticity piece and. You know, in there we got to be vulnerable, <laughs> which <laughs> is like a two-edged sword, right? Especially when, uh, particularly when you're not in the CEO role, where you can kind of got a little more control and you got all that confidence built up. It's when you're growing to that. When you're, you know, you're a junior person and you you're you're either a junior in business or you're a junior in an organization and you think everybody else has got um, far more power and authority and gravitas how do I be authentic when I think the knives are going to be out? And um, are there times we're going to get hurt because of our, because of that authenticity? And is it worth being authentic? And um, Cavis, maybe, maybe you want to talk a bit more about about that subject a bit and then we'll ask Craig for his thoughts.
2: Yeah, no, it's um, one that is, as Colin said, it can have, it can be a double-edged sword. When you talk about humility and you talk about the ability to apologize, you talk about the ability to show vulnerability, and when Colin and I spoke about this, there are people that will take advantage of that in certain organizations, again, going back to it being a weakness. I was known as Mr. Yes. People would always say, oh, just go to Cavus and ask for something. He's going to say yes. He's going to say yes. He's not going to say no to me. (laughs) And my reason for doing that was I wanted everyone to feel like they were empowered to do what they needed to do and make mistakes and learn from their mistakes. As long as it wasn't something that I knew was going to be catastrophic to the organization I'm okay with you going down a pathway, figuring it out, and now being better for it. However, in leadership, when I make mistakes, when Colin makes mistakes, and I'm I'm starting to learn that you're the exact same way, we're going to confess to our mistakes. If you do that too many times, people may start to believe that you're a incompetent B, not a very strong leader, and C, all the above. How do you navigate around that slippery slope, so to speak?
1: Yeah, well, and I I think that so many important pieces there, Cavis, and you're absolutely right. Well, and here we are, Canadian, you know, the the quintessential Canadian, I'm sorry for everything, and then I'm sorry, (laughs) but I'm sorry. So, I think what's important is, is that we, we're mindful about just apologizing for everything. Because then it kind of is meaning, meaningless, right? So, we want to be... So, there's there's a there's a science behind a successful apology, right? It's, it's saying, I'm sorry. So, using those magic words, I'm sorry, I apologize. It's saying, essentially, well, what you're sorry about and taking ownership and responsibility and what I'm going to do differently. And that's what's powerful, right? And uh. and people acknowledge that in an incredible way. So if I'm just sorry all the time um, and, and not providing any context, it seems like a throwaway or a reflex, that can certainly undermine our credibility. Um, and so we want to be... We want to own up to and create a culture of accountability because that's the other piece as well, right? And that's what is essential say, I'm sorry, here's what it is, and here's what I'm going to do differently. Very powerful and set the standard. And then that, back to culture and personality, now that creates an expectation from people around, hey, you know what? Now I'm being asked to own up to uh, where I'm stepping aside. And I think, and here's another really powerful thing that we can do, right? is we can incentivize behavior. And so when someone steps up and says, you know what, Cavis? like, I came in, I did this, and it didn't go as planned, and so on, here's what I've learned, here's what I'm going to do differently. In some organizations, that's career-ending, right? And or it's like, <laughs> forget it, bye-bye, thanks for trying. And then it's hilarious because I have conversations with executives who are like, Why doesn't anyone think outside the box anymore? It's like because the last five people (laughs) are gone. Like, how are you expecting that if you're turfing people as soon as – so it's very important to recognize. So as opposed to, again, I'm coming in, hey, I tried it, it didn't work out, and here's what we're going to do differently. Applaud. And then, hey, now promote, provide more opportunity. Okay, we'll come back with a business case. What are we going to learn from this? All of these things are really important around how those, uh, how those messages are managed. And what I've found as well is when there's a genuine apology, and the research backs me up on this, is that generally people feel that you are a stronger leader as a result of that because you're taking accountability. And now what ends up happening is that there's this magical impact where someone goes, oh... Collins now and cavis they're going to step up. They're not going to throw me under the bus when times are tough. They're going to rally behind me, and they're going to step out, and they're going to lead and take responsibility. So now I feel more empowered to do that. And so this, once again, comes back to, depending on the culture slash personality, right? There are situations where that kind of behavior is supported, is safe, and is valued, and there are other situations where, you're like, okay, yeah, no, thanks. You know, Craig, I'm I'm so glad
0: that that you, that you spent some time sharing what what you just shared because, you know, we would often see, and and sometimes we see this. I shouldn't say sometimes; a lot of times we see this, where somebody kind of gives the the non-apology. They, I'm apologizing, but not really. You know, I'm sorry, but not. Yeah. And, and it's like and it usually starts off well, I'm sorry that you interpreted what I just said in this way. Right? And and it's whereas what, what you're saying is if it's if it's truly heartfelt, you're taking responsibility, you've you said like even even if I'm only Ten percent wrong. I'm taking responsibility, and I'm willing to act on that and to demonstrate that I'm going to take a step in there. It can actually become a competitive edge for you as a leader, competitive in terms of people are if they're willing to respond to that. That may actually be your competitive advantage over over others or other
1: organizations because that's part of your DNA now. Absolutely. Well, and and let's <laughs> let's unpack. The I'm sorry you took it that way. <laughs> what are we actually that case, saying? Let's unpack That's right. Yeah, it's that's right. The other day, I'm sure. <laughs> exactly. What are we saying? Well, if we were to dissect and go into our inner voice, basically we're saying I'm sorry that you're not smart enough to understand what I initially said, and now I've got to explain it again. So, like, because it's all on you, and that's not that's a non-apology. Right. And so it's it's vital for us to own that. And then here's where it gets really interesting. We you know, we we're talking about managing a secret. Right. can fix a secret. Well, what are all those people? Well, accountability. Well, if I'm not taking responsibility for my actions and everybody knows the elephant in the room, I made a call and it didn't turn out. Even as you say, calling I'm 10 percent wrong, 20 percent off. Well, it's essential to acknowledge that because what am I trying to do? I'm trying to encourage others to step up. I'm encouraging others to take responsibility. What's one question that I consistently hear with almost every executive that I coach? What would you wish more you'd see more, what would you like to see more of in your team? Accountability. Responsibility. People owning stuff, right? Well, and then what's fascinating, and I love Kavis that you asked about apology. Marshall Goldsmith, right, one top-rated executive coach in the world, wrote What got you here won't get you there. He said apologizing is the magic move for executives. And he said, which I think is so powerful, he said, how can we expect other people to demonstrate responsibility for their behavior and decisions when we fail to demonstrate that for them? So it's such a powerful question, right? To say, when someone, oh, I can't believe that, you know, people don't, they didn't take responsibility, didn't, didn't take accountability for this. And then I ask, hey, when's the last time you apologized? When's the last time you owned up for a misstep? And uh it's so no pressure. It's just now, are we expecting something different than what we're modeling? Because what do people do? People look up to figure out how to behave around here. I've shared this before where I was really, really
0: fortunate at one point to have a manager. Um, wasn't my direct manager for very long, but really became a essentially a career-long mentor for me. <laughs> um, and one of my first conversations with them when they hired me was like, by the way, Colin, get used to telling, saying I'm sorry. Or, get used to me telling you I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> just get used to it because there's going to be mess ups right and I and I thought and it was the very to your very point um I thought oh okay like first I thought that was kind of a strange thing to say but I also felt safe to be able to say to them hey I messed up on something too or I, I thought I thought this was gonna work out and for whatever reason it didn't and you know that manager created and essentially out of the people that that manager managed, Um, there were several people that became leaders in other organizations over time. And, you know, and uh, so I am, I am eternally grateful for, 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 you know, for their guidance by doing that one particular move, which, um, you know, frankly, I spent some time working in government (laughs) and I would hear, I would hear ministers and deputy ministers, you know, coming off the cloud (laughs) <laughs> and kind of land in front of you and say that we need more innovation. You know, we want, we want to be innovative. And, uh, and you you know, you would see people kind of look around and it's like, Ugh. I mean, but you can't make a mistake, right? And, and, and innovation by its very nature includes failures. It includes trial and error. Mm-hmm. And, you know, <laughs> if you're always knocking it out of the park, it's because your park isn't very big. <laughs> you know? and, and so you can't do these great big things if you don't give some room. Yes, you need parameters. And, you know, Cavis's example of, of yeah, let, let's not make the mistakes that are going to sink the ship. Mm-hmm. But to be able to give people some room to make some mistakes, to be able to get in the practice of seeking guidance when, hey, things aren't going the way that I thought they would what can I do so they get the practice of engaging one another for support and becoming more interdependent as a team. You know, when, when, when when those things start to click, it's almost like magic happens. And, you know, so, you know, again, um, you know, I'm really excited to see in your book, the science and the the, the research that you did on that to say that's actually real. It's just not Colin and Kate coming up with something as we are driving down, you know, (laughs) Where Saskatchewan roads hitting birds?
1: That's right. Yeah, exactly. And, share, and sharing hand cream and yeah. the, the spoon regimen and everything else. Is, you know, this is, this is, yeah. uh, this, there is something, there's something. I, I mean, those are important. And then also there's something else. Bigger than self-goals. Um, yeah. Well, and, and one of my favorite acronyms is for the word FAIL, which is first attempt in learning. And again, as you pointed out, right about innovation, that's you, you can't. How how are you going to be doing something new without failing? Like it's it's a part of it. You don't just jump on the ice and you're uh, an A plus uh, skater, right? You've you've got to do the reps. You have got to try things. You got to be nimble, right? They talk all there's so there are iterations. Right. That's people talk about that over and over again. And then, and I love the point that you're making as well, pick a smaller piece and cave is great to hear you discuss, right. Your philosophy around, Hey, go out. You've got this plot of land, go for it, play around and learn. It's not going to capsize the ship or bankrupt the firm. You can go out and do this. And now what does that provide? Again, Attempt in learning. Now we get, and this is where we go off. Unfortunately, around failures that oh no is you know, and get all upset around. There's learning in that. So yeah. now we want to. These are the nuggets for future success. Right? This is. These are the seeds, and and here's the other thing. You get mad and and just firebomb the whole play. Everyone's gonna, <laughs> they're just gonna clam up and say no thanks, like. I'm going to run. And then the next conversation where someone's like, hey, we got to think outside the box. What am I going to do? What am I going to reference? Status quo. I'm going to yeah. take everything we've done forever and then put a little coat of paint on it and say, look at that. Yep. That's yep. my idea. <laughs> Great. <laughs> oh. I, I, I love
2: when you use the word Science. Because I always feel that communication and organizational structure is a science and an art form. And the science has been proven. The science is going to survive certain standards and tests. And when we look at the leadership aspect of being vulnerable, being authentic, uh, practicing humility, I often go back to creating and replicating yourself, and also finding your replacement, not in a term of, I want to leave in a year, but the strength of an organization is having a confidence as a leader that I can build the next stronger leader. I'm okay with someone being smarter than me in the room. I'm okay with someone having a better skill set in sectors than me, because the organization, which is the ecosystem that we are most should be most concerned about, is healthier. Therefore, I need to give latitude to individuals to be able to grow, to be able to innovate, and not have that insecurity that this person is going to replace me. I think that no, we just lost Cavis.
0: I think we lost Cavis, but Yeah, yeah, but but you know his 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 point about the. The insecurities that sometimes happen, and and I, he and I have talked about this because I've gone through this. Where, you know, I, I spent a lot of time trying to prepare the two or three or whoever people that could step in <laughs> if something were to happen. Now, for me, what triggered that, it what actively triggered that, was, was a health crisis for me. That suddenly I didn't have a lot of choice. I kind of had to be out of the picture for a short period of time and allow others to step up and I'm like, okay, am I doing everything I can to prepare them? Mm-hmm. And you know what, if they're really successful as a, as a team and I got two or three strong leaders that actually freed me up and frees me up to be able to do further growth in areas. And you know, when, you know, as, as a, you know, for him as a coach and and for me as a, as a, you know, it's been a president or CEO, it has been if the idea that, Hey, if, if the team looks really good at some point, they're going to wonder who's their coach. <laughs> so I, you know, I, I don't have to be the star. I don't have to be the star to, to, to be able to, to, to show up and, and be really strong. So mm-hmm. that's, um uh, you know, that, that, that's a phenomenal principle. And so, uh, so your points are, are, you know, fantastic in that, Craig.
1: Well, and, and, and I think like uh, it's a couple of key points that, that, that Kavis made, right, which is around, well, if you look at organizations, what do we need? Bench strength, as, you know, you hear that term. You hear that in in championship, you can bring in a sports analogy, right? Well, you can have a great team. How are you going to continue the run? What do you need to do? Develop the talent, right, behind, so you've got all of these stars superstars, superstars moving along well you got to ensure you've got to, right bench strength to support it and move through to continue on same thing within organizations and then it's essential for us to and I love Cabus's point as well right around okay recognizing I'm alright if I'm not the smartest person in the room and many would say it's not a great idea for you because if you're the zenith of of the room well how are you going to consolidate all of the amazing ideas. Because it's collective. There's so much research that shows us. Diversity drives extraordinary decision-making. This is, again, a powerful scientific finding. Diverse perspectives lead to higher quality decisions, more innovation, higher customer engagement, and profitability, market share, because you're accessing all of that. And here's the other piece as well, which I think is so important. Is that, and, and let's borrow from entrepreneurship. This is one of the reasons why entrepreneurs often aren't the best people to continue their companies. And they often, either the companies go sideways, or they have to remove themselves and find someone else because they are able to move along in their journey to a certain point. And then when the organization hits a certain inflection point, oh well, now there may be new leadership required. So there's so much to take from that, right, in terms of saying, okay, so when am I, where do I add maximum value? What is my shelf life? And when does the organization need a different set of skills or what have you? Or how am I going to continue to add value within this particular ecosystem? And once again, back to humility, and I would, uh, you know, argue that that's one of the essential leadership qualities and, and, and awareness, right, of self so that I can make those informed decisions, you know. You don't want to overstay your welcome. Yeah, it's a it's a really unselfish
0: mm-hmm. act, and and you know, I, a person has to they need to give themselves permission to feel it's time for me to be unselfish.
1: <laughs> well. And and sorry to interrupt, to your point, like what I loved also, Colin, about what you're saying is that people, when you have a thriving organization, right, or a thriving team, and this happens a lot as well in my practice, right, where you hear someone's afraid they need to be the smartest person in the room or the highest producer in the room, because I'm I'm going to get the credit, right, it's going to be me. And then what's really interesting, though, and I love that you highlighted this, Colin, was that. When you've got a successful team, people are going to ask, who's who's the leader? What are they doing over there? How come 90% of my organization is in the red and Colin and Kavis' units are rock stars? Like, they're just hitting it out of the park. What's going on over there? And then that's what's really cool as well, right, In the in the work that I do, is that leaders will step back and say, I'm just creating conditions for everyone around me to flourish and bring their best selves. And then they're going to, the rising tide lifts all boats, right? So everybody is going to benefit from this. And where are people going to look? It's the leader of the pack. And then so naturally back to bench strength and elevating, it's, okay, now you can move to next level because people are going to see the results and go, okay, well, wow, we want to see more of that in an even broader capacity. So it's a such an important lesson for all of us to, to remember. And uh,
2: Craig, just uh, my apologies. This is such a good conversation, and technology is just killing me. <laughs> 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 I, I honestly can go with you for hours, so forgive me. When you look at and you talk about that uh, – confidence as a leader and understanding the bigger picture and the strength of a team is the individual parts therefore I need to identify every individual is it now a shift where let's go on the opposite side those people that you're given latitude to that you're given some creative freedoms to have we seen a shift in patience in organizations from those being led and being groomed that if I give employee X an opportunity and they come up with an idea, all of a sudden the next day they're in the office and they want to be elevated to an executive level. <laughs> right. yeah, I've seen I, this before. <laughs> yeah, my, my saying is come yeah. in as a junior assistant at eight o'clock in the morning, leave <laughs> as a vice president at five. Yeah. <laughs> How do you manage that? How do you manage the egos of those that you're trying to groom and elevate as a leader and keep them humble in a sense that it will allow them in a few years to become the best version of themselves and be an integral part of the success of the organization?
1: Uh, Absolutely. And, and I hear you and feel you at the same time. <laughs> it covers just that that challenge. And, and this is what I find is also fascinating, right, about what we've just been through and continue to navigate through, is the conversation around performance. And I think for many years, one could even say decades, we have not done that particularly well. Uh, about what good performance looks like and then also expectations and I think this is something else that's come out of it is that okay so as an example well you've got to be in the office how come like why am I coming to the office and we'll just be here that isn't a great answer so now what we've done and this is where I think it's so vital is to share our expectations Okay, here's the pathway to get from A to B or A to Z or wherever you want to go. And start having those conversations with people about okay, when you join this organization, these are the steps to go from junior assistant to this to the, and these are the types of results that we're looking for. And so in a lot of organizations that I work with, either those conversations don't happen. Or people will say things like, well, just keep doing what you're doing. Which is basically like, you know, well, at some magical time, it's like, how much longer till we get there? Oh, five more minutes, kids. It's just keep going, keep going. And so I think for all of us, and this is uncomfortable, because now we've got to start to reconcile what that journey looks like. And that can be challenging. Like, okay, what if someone magically in a week is able to turn around whatever that x right metric is for results for our business that can feel scary that oh <laughs> Craig's showing up now and saying all right where's my vp title and this is what i think for for me for a long long time there's been tremendous ambiguity to the performance conversation, to the progression conversation. And there's some uncertainty attached to it about, okay, and how am I going to measure all of that? And before it just was, and it really wasn't questioned because it just was the way things were done. So as an example, let's have some fun with it, right? How do people figure that out? Seniority. Well, you know, hey, I want to be X. Well, you haven't been around here 30 years. So when you get there, well, here you go. You get your watch and you're this office. And, and and so we've had these, and I love, we can link it back to the beginning of our conversation, misguided assumptions or unstated assumptions or practices. So now we've got to get, we've got to raise our game around what performance, what good performance looks like, what progression looks like and the steps to get there, and manage those conversations, because to your point as well, cave this is so important, because sometimes people are afraid of, oh, well, I can't talk to Colin, because, well, if I tell him, it's not going to happen for X period of time, let's say it's six months, maybe it's six minutes, right, hey, I want to yeah. be, it's six minutes, <laughs> well, Colin's going to leave, okay, I've had some really cool conversations, with executives, CEOs that I coach, where it's, all right, if Colin does leave in six months. Let's accept that as, you know what, that's going to bring Colin to where the maximum value, and that's the time, and it's going to use this as a springboard. How do we make this a win-win? And now let's co-create with Colin the pathway. Let's get Colin to that point, jumps off to go somewhere else. Guess where Colin's likely going to come back as soon as they have the opportunity. Hey, Kavis... Got anything going on? Or, hey, being over at ABC Corp wasn't nearly as fun as I thought. Can I come back? And so once again, having those, and I'll steal an expression from Adam Bryant, who wrote the, the corner office, and wrote the corner office column for the New York Times. I love this label. He called them adult conversations. So let's lean in and let's start having discussions around things where there may not be right answer an obvious answer we're we're constructing this as we move along awesome so back to vulnerability i love this question so thanks for asking it because navigating through the ambiguity the complexity the volatility the uncertainty that is what drives that vulnerability yet what we can do is say well the three of us here today are attempting our best to figure out what leadership means of self and of others and that's an ongoing process. So let's embrace it. Camus, okay, don't don't you feel like you're
2: back doing your MBA again? Yeah, <laughs> like- <laughs> I, I, I already got two pages of notes and I want to keep going down this. Coast. I hope he's cleared his calendar. I know it's almost five o'clock there, but don't worry, <laughs> we're we're gonna clear your calendar for today. When when you go down that path of titles. I've often, in, in the football world, it's, it's crazy. I had Kerry Joseph, I'll mention the name, he called me as a coach, he said, you said something to me that I'm finding ring and true. I said to Kerry, he said, how do you manage all these players? I said, Kerry, the players aren't the difficult one. it's the coaches that are difficult. <laughs> <laughs> managing their ego was or egos was the most challenging of being a head coach and a general manager it was not the players and the 65 75 personalities it was the middle management coaches that wanted titles left right and center it has to be their ideas and and to get them to collaborate to realize that the collective is going to make the individuals more attractive How do you create that Titleist without uh, a a title kind of emphasis organization? Mm -hmm. And what do these titles actually really mean? Because I think that's the driving force behind a lot of people's stagnation in organization or their uncomfortable uh, behavior or their disruptive behavior because titles create friction. Conflict, or okay. it forces people to leave because X corporation is going to give me a VP title or an associate
1: head coach's title, <laughs> and you're I'm just the receivers coach. How
2: do you <laughs> navigate that part of it? Yeah,
1: it, it's and and what I would say, I'll I'll flip it back and say, you know, you're, you're asking great questions that are key to unlocking that conversation. So number one, one point, I'll I'll reverse engineer it because the point you made at the end is so incredible, right? Because you talked about, hey, I'm going to bounce over to a new organization because they're going to give me a title. What's a new word or term that's been introduced to us throughout COVID and during the quote-unquote great resignation is the boomerang employee. Uh People who jump, and then go, ah, what have you done then? <laughs> i got to get, Kavis, Kavis, why are you blocking my calls? I need to, you know, I'm so, so back to apologizing. I'm sorry for everything. Just please, please let me back. So I think, you know, the, so there's that, right? Uh, and here's the other piece, and I loved your questions. Okay, so what is it about the title? So let's have that conversation. That's a fantastic question. So, I want to be VP of X, or I want to be, you know, intergalactic empire, <laughs> emperor. Okay, what, why? Like, what is, what's driving that? What makes that important to you? And then I love your question as well, right? That's why I'm like, you've, you've nailed the, the key conversational guidebook right here on this episode, right? Okay, so, what does that mean? And how does that relate to performance within our organization? And how... How are we going to ensure that the collective wins and it doesn't become individualistic? These are questions we all have to figure out together. And so if you are a uh, VP of Intergalactic Empire Emperor, what, what are we going to do with everybody else around that <laughs> table? Like the, and again, it starts to get us away from self right, self-oriented to other-oriented. And if they say, I don't care about anyone else... I just want to be the intergalactic emperor. Hmm. All right. <laughs> Back to culture. Ray. Thanks. It's been fun to have you around. I'm not sure if this organization is going to sink or swim with you being intergalactic emperor because we all this is a collective, right? And we and we're going to we're going to thrive together or we're going to struggle alone. And our values and our beliefs and our behaviors—this is our expression of authenticity. When values, beliefs, and behaviors are aligned, that philosophy. Thanks for being here, and you know what? I think you should go to ABC Corp. I'm going to be
0: listening to this this cast several times here because I, I I can't write fast enough to be able to. <laughs> this this is um, this is phenomenal, and, and I and I realize we're you know, at the time that we're putting it, we're, we're probably going to end up splitting this into two episodes. Uh, <laughs> or oh, three. Um, oh, three, Yeah. Cause there, there's so much depth in here. Um, but be- before, before we get to our, to our kind of our, 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 closing questions, cause we don't, we got, there's one famous one that's, it, it's going to be famous that, that we weren't going <laughs> to ask, <laughs> but, um, you want to let people know for sure that, you know, uh, Craig, you've got it. You have a fantastic podcast channel yourself, and uh, uh, the Do Good to Lead Well podcast. You interview Fortune 500 CEOs, um, uh, CEOs of business associations uh, in in every aspect, whether it be manufacturing, finance, uh, all all sorts of industries. And you know, I've been been able to listen to it to a number of them, and I am. Consistently fascinated by uh, the humility that I hear through the voices of um, of each guest that that, that you have, um, and these are leaders of some of the most I'm going to say literally the most powerful companies in the world, and um, and and uh, so a I'm I'm, I'm impressed by it. B it's like. Man, there's a lot of shine on Craig here, bro, because <laughs> the fact that they would open up that way, because that, that is not that has not been the status quo. And all we have to do is open up a, a newspaper, particularly when it gets in the political realm, um where people do not open up. I mean, you know, we already talked about this, but I do want people to know that that, that cast is available. Um that uh, you know if they're on uh google play or apple' uh, I, I, we're, I think a number of platforms but do good to lead well uh named after named after your first book to to catch that um and uh so I, and i also want to thank you for for uh taking this time again this afternoon here and, um uh and even, even though I probably cut short your time with your mother. <laughs> 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 and and I know not 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 to not to not to mess that up. <laughs> <laughs> Ca Cavis and I have had a few stories about Making sure that mom's okay, and, <laughs> yeah. and uh, I think I, I think I got Ms. Reed really upset because Davis uh, bought her a car. We won't get into that. That's sorry. Bonus material. Yeah. That's sorry. Yeah. That, that that's for the B roll. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but uh. You know, we 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 always ask. We've been asking every person that comes on, and 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 maybe Cavis. I'll I'll kick this one over to you to ask because you seem to ask it better. <laughs> <laughs> It's like Yeah, you got a talent for this. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we're going to give you a title to go with it. <laughs>
2: yeah, exactly. <laughs> Village idiot. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> so, Craig, one thing you're going to have to learn about Colin... He's the most humble person in the world, and I gotta, I gotta let him know that he's smarter than me. He's better looking <laughs> than me. He, so I gotta remind him of that because his humility <laughs> won't allow it. <laughs> so, but no, we're we're on this journey to build the perfect leader, and mm-hmm. we ask each of our guests to, and I, I think we probably have guessed what yours is going to be. What
1: is the one quality you think the perfect leader should have? Wow. Okay, so I'm I may cheat a little, so I didn't ask mm. for the rules. Mm. Uh, so <laughs> I, I was, <laughs> let me let me get my this. robot. That's right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm gonna the give one. my an, I'm gonna give my answer before you can start to cite <laughs> the the policy on this. <laughs> I, I would say it's awareness of self and others. So I would combine self-awareness and empathy. They would be, that's critical, awareness. So maybe I I won't cheat, I'll say awareness. And then I'll include awareness of self, awareness of of others. Because how, once again, fundamental idea, great leadership starts with great self-leadership. How can I lead myself in the best way that I can to bring out the best components of myself? If I'm not aware of who I am, what I want to accomplish, how I want to accomplish it, and why I want to accomplish it. That's vital. And now that awareness extends to others because leadership is about togetherness. Uh And so then those same questions are vital to everybody in my orbit, in my community. So I would say that is quintessential. And so you could add each of the different qualities and skills we've talked about underneath that umbrella of awareness. I, I, I've just been looking at the rule
0: book. I, I think I'm going to allow this one to stand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. At the end of the season, we can sit down and go, just,
1: and just yeah, right, just, yeah. blame it on me Just say, all right, one of our guests decided to, you know, go <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, <laughs> play, not play the game.
2: The Craig rule. So, that's right. Yeah, exactly. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I really would love Colin if Craig can come back because I have so many more questions. Now. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely and, and you know uh, so I'll, I'll I'll paint him in a corner
0: right now since he's out of bed. would you would you would you come back and, and have another discussion sometime with us I mean we'll, we'll give you we'll give you a breather
2: we'll give you five minutes I'll give him a prelude uh, Colin. I really am fat infatuated and Carl and I have had this discussion, is if we're starting with nothing except an idea and we're building an, a corporation or an organization, is it the onboarding of the personality the most important? And do we spend enough time in that, some people call it probationary period.
1: Mm-hmm. Do we
2: spend enough time in the onboarding assimilation period of an employee Mm. and that's where i would love for us to go because all the things you talk about culture etc sometimes right now in alberta and saskatchewan there's that starvation for employees Mm. so some companies will say if they're breathing they have a pulse and they have some cognitive cotton skills. send them. <laughs> right, right, And, and years long. There's some body temperature. Yeah, wow, that's right, yeah. 97. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Don't worry about some it. Range. Some, yeah, yeah. some range. Yeah, But do we spend enough time assimilating people into the culture? And before that, do we spend enough time defining our culture?
1: So I'm going to have some fun. So I'll I'll say absolutely. I'd love to come back. Love uh, both of your passion for for leadership and positive leadership in particular, and your love of having fun. Being from Newfoundland, <laughs> I want to turn everything into a Newfoundland kitchen party. So success. Uh, and what what I'll have I'll tease it a little bit in terms of I appreciate your point about the assimilation, you know, and then integrating onboarding employees in? And I would say a quick answer is no. And the other pieces, we often tend to think we're much better at it than we are, or we'll assume it'll happen organically. Just, oh, okay, they're they're hired. Okay. You know, wash my hands. Done now. They'll just figure it all out. Here's the other piece. Fun question I'd turn around, though. What are the consequences of assimilating a new employee into our organization. What opportunities what we, might we miss about their naive perspective and how our organization works? How might we capitalize on that insight and lack of experience in onboarding? So now we start to look at it on both sides of the of that question, right? This would be this would be a
0: fun conversation. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, absolutely, a fun conversation. This is. Yes, I got some thoughts, but I, but man, I'd be going down. I'd be going down the same tracks right away here too. I'm trying to hold back. I'm trying to hold back
1: a bit. Um, well, this yeah. just means we have to have the conversation. Yeah, well, it has to happen. I was now. I was seeding the conversation here to say, you know, so now it's, it just looks bad for all of us because now I'm I'm holding you accountable. We've talked about accountability, so now. I'm throwing it out. You said you put me on the spot. Now it's kind of like people go, "Where did Craig go? I thought they were going to talk about eggs." Yes. Yeah. So, what happened to part three? That's right. Yes. Yeah. And then you'll have an apology episode. Yeah, I'm sorry to Craig. <laughs> we said we'd have him on.
0: But <laughs> we have to give you a new title, don't we? <laughs> oh man! <clears throat> well, this is this is great. I, I think people are going to have fun when this 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 comes out. Um, this was a, a honestly a really enjoyable conversation and a great kickoff to the to a, to a year. Um, man, your 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 books. If, if folks wanted to reach out to you. Uh, Craig, uh, would they go to your web website, Craig That's correct, Craig yeah. Dowden So C- uh, craigdowde dot um, You know, there's information on, on on his on his books, his new book, his his uh, uh, his practice, all, all sorts of stuff there. Uh, find out about you. And, uh, and, I, and I know you're on LinkedIn as well, and so if, if people, uh, you know, if anyone's listening to this and they're looking for uh, some corporate uh, corporate support, and, um, and 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 Craig Kavitson and I are available if you ever just need entertainment to follow you along as
2: you need. I leave him on this note, Colin. Guess what? I got one of my Christmas gifts. (laughs) Body lotion. You got some body... Craig, listen. I'm going to end up divorced. Yeah.
0: My whole whole family got lotion from me for Christmas. My boys got... They got skincare products. Uh, You know, my mom, I gave her... I gave her a big tub of lotion, plus these little ones to carry in her purse. Because anytime I'm with her, I'm always asking, Mom, you got any lotion? And so... (laughs) There's your sponsor. There you go. Like you just got. You were talking about that earlier. So that's like, you can't maintain these looks, just you know,
1: without without a little bit of help. I mean, that's just unrealistic.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> oh man. So so, uh, Craig. Uh, th- thank you again. Yeah. Like like, like I said, um, um, CraigDowden.com uh, dot com. And um, we're going to, we're going to sign off. I think this will, this will be great.
1: Um, Craig, any last,
0: any last thing you want to say before we go?
1: No, thank you both. This has been a boatload of fun, fabulous conversation. Enjoyed the the great humor and positive energy and also very thoughtful questions and really appreciate um, both of your perspectives uh, in terms of leadership and, and, and what it means. And thank you for creating this forum, for having uh, a, a fun discussion and, and a meaningful discussion and dialogue, because especially now, and we've touched on it, each of us has touched on it in different ways, that we're looking for leadership now more than ever before. Leadership is more essential now than ever before. And so um, dedicating time to raising that profile is is invaluable, so thank you both. Uh, I'm, I'm really had a lot of fun, and I can't wait for the sequel. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, sounds great. Thank you.